quarterbacks, running backs, wide receiver tiers, win and end. It doesn't matter. Just get into the damn playoffs. We're here to help. Hayden Winks. Rankings are linked in the description down below. We'll go through them all here. Last week, Hayden, we had a bunch of games of like high in 40s, low 50s. There's only two totals right now over 50 and some with a lot of, let's say, important fantasy players in like the 30-ish range too. Lots of terrible teams now. That's what happens in December. We know who the good teams are. We also know who the terrible teams are. And obviously injuries start to stack up. So we talked about in the last show, lots of quarterback news that affects a lot of actual fantasy relevant players. So that, that'll be a big point of today's discussion. All right. If you're here for the first time, obviously we'll be doing these throughout the fantasy football players that I know all of you have made. So be sure to hit the thumbs up button and more importantly, subscribe down below to check out the rest of our content. Let's kick it off. With a offensive discussion that we also funnel through a quarterback discussion. Uh, I predicted your S tier here. And I'm going to start off with Josh Allen, who is facing the New York Jets this weekend. They are at home, favored by 10 points. Now, just a few weeks ago, I believe it was week, yeah, week nine, they lost this same Jets team, except that Jets team had Zach Wilson at quarterback. 20 to 17, 205 yards, two interceptions, did get home with two rushing scores. It's not just that week that Josh Allen struggled. Hayden, it's just 237 passing yards, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions in the air, which is almost a hundred yard difference than where he started this opening of the season, the opening six games. He hasn't played well, and I'm guessing that part of it is the elbow. They're running the ball more. That's like one of the things I noticed uh, in the neutral uh, pass passing charts right here you can see the bills are in the middle of the pack historically mm. they've been all the way up so i'm guessing that the the elbow has mattered to some extent yeah the matchup's not good and the team tunnel reflects that it's at uh 27 points for the bills usually they're close to 30 it's just none of the other teams all project all that well either like the cowboys are an outlier with dak prescott they're projected for over 30 points this week but we know how much of that's going to be on the ground so i'm just sticking with josh allen but i think Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes both have great cases to be QB1 this week as well. Yeah, you have Jalen Hurts against the New York Giants as quarterback two. Patrick Mahomes against the woeful Denver Broncos as quarterback three. Then we have Dak Prescott, who you all get to see on Scheme tomorrow morning, Friday morning with uh, Josh McCown. Was a great, great show. They are home favorites. Expect to win by 17 points. Right. <laughs> but here, here's here's the weird thing about the Texans. Yes. Close your eyes. What if I told you the Texans are the second best fantasy or the best second best defense against fantasy quarterbacks this year because they're so bad on the ground, right? They're the second best. defense, not because of performance because they never pass the ball. So that's what makes this thing so tricky. And that's why like Dak Pre or uh, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, you're going to be ranked super high. But like, look at right now, uh, my quarterback four, Dak Prescott facing the second best defense, Patrick Holmes playing the first uh, best defense against fantasy quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts eighth. Josh Allen, seventh. All these players have got really tough matchups this week. Yeah. We'll talk more about maybe wide receivers attached to Dak Prescott because you just talked about the passing game. And I got one of those questions today. So we'll bring that up in the wide receiver discussion. All right. Top of the A tier, I have you down for Tua Tunga Vailoa. This is Sunday night football against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Dolphins are three and a half point favorites on the road. This is one of those totals that we really like of 51 and a half points. So while, you know, the 49ers forced him to throw a lot of outside throws last week. He was uncomfortable making those. Uh, he still should have made many of those. I bet he would in other environments. But still, this, again, to use that word, uh, this is one of the game scripts that we should expect a bunch of points. And 
I mentioned this before, don't think it's a blueprint that defenses have against the Dolphins offense. And even if they do, I don't think the Chargers are one of these teams that can force, you know, the Dolphins to slow down like they did last week. Yeah, both defenses are underperforming this year. Um, lots of injuries to go over. Teron Armstead was a, uh, didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he comes back. Tua himself limited with an ankle injury. He sh- should be fine. Jalen Waddle leg injury was limited. So I think they'll all be fine. And then even Justin Herbert, uh, Corey Lindsley with that concussion, their center, a really big on-off splits with him. He was back limited. Same thing with Mike Williams. Uh, Trey Pipkins, the Justin Herbert's right tackle, was still in practice. But it sounds like both these offenses might be a little healthier than we were expecting. That we do not trust these defenses. So rightfully so, this is one of the highest scoring games of the week. And while the Chargers defense for many years now has been great at preventing big plays with a lot of too deep coverage, as we've outlined again, another episode of Scheme, that 12 to 17 yard canyon that the Dolphins create is in front of the safeties. So that can still be created here against a defense that is trying to prevent big plays. The Dolphins are just achieving big plays in a different way than the bombs away 40, 45 yard outside the number throws that we've come accustomed to across the league for the last few years. All right. Joe Burrow is your quarterback six against the Cleveland Browns. Um, Last time he faced the Cleveland Browns, it was probably the the last bad performance that we've seen from the Cincinnati offense. And ever since then, they've been on an absolute roll. Yeah, they're really good. And Jamar Chase looks fully healthy. (laughs) So this is just like, I know like the, this is a run funnel on the Browns, but they're even their pass defense isn't very good too. So I think that just betting on the team total, they're projected to score 27 points. That's the right move here. Yeah, and if I remember back to that game, it was a lot of batted passes. It was Miles Garrett dominating off his edge rushing spot. Um, I just think that, again, the groove that this team has hit, and it was even without Jamar Chase, uh, they figured it all out. I would be stunned if that same development can happen this week. Uh, I don't think Lightning is going to strike twice. Let's put it that way. And, you know, Vegas agrees. Five and a half point favorites and a nice total of 47 too. All right. Justin Herbert is next for you. Again, they face the Miami Dolphins. I'm a little bit nervous here, okay, with just Justin Herbert in totality because we've outlined it. The average depth of throw is quite low every single week. The Dolphins love to just muddy a lot of things up in crucial third and second and long situations and confuse quarterbacks in terms of the alleys and who is rushing the passer. But then also because they've added Bradley Chubb, they're rushing with four a bit more often. Not to say that Xavier Howard has been good this season, but I would actually argue, and we can get to this with wide receivers, that a lot of these Chargers wide receivers just do not create separation. And so I get a little bit nervous that that rush is going to be able to get home against Justin Herbert. Yeah, they'll need their center back to sort that mess out. We talked about with the Brock Purdy clips. The the Dolphins are going to be wild up front. That's how, how their or defense usually operates. So they just need their their weapons back. But uh, I think there's big play potential against the Dolphins every week because they are so aggressive. So it kind of goes back and forth. I think I trust Justin Herbert not to take sacks and get the ball out. So it just really is. Could Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen and an injured Mike Williams win one-on-one coverage? Because the, the answer to that this year has been, for the most part, no. Yeah, and Mike Williams gotten his first limited work since week 11. I believe that was either today or on Wednesday. Okay, the first surprising name here on the board is Jared Goff. Minnesota Vikings, the biggest toll of the weekend, 52, and they're favored by two at home, and that's why he's your quarterback eight. 
They're projected for 27 and a half points and the Vikings are 29th against fantasy quarterbacks. So you got to just trust the math on this one. Uh, Jared Goff's been playing excellent when Amon Ross St. Brown's healthy. We might see Jameson Williams play a little bit more. DJ Chark is healthy and playing full, full amount of snaps. DeAndre Swift, they're getting him back. He seems a little bit healthier than normal. Jared Goff, when everyone else, else is out there and including going back to the Rams, puts up fantasy numbers. I don't care about uh, how he looks on tape. Yeah, I, I think it was a really stupid discussion on Twitter yesterday about like who's better, Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff. Uh, because if you put Jared Goff in the situation that Matthew Stafford is in this year with that offensive line, it wouldn't be anywhere close to what Jared Goff is doing this year. But as you said, we've even seen games, that two-game span, when they only scored six points offensively because Amon Ross St. Brown was injured and the offensive line was injured. But when it doesn't, then they are putting up a bunch of points on the board, along with Ben Johnson calling great plays. So I'm with you. Fun Derek team. Carr. Derek Carr. Quarterback nine. Talk me through this one. Yeah, so first of all, their passing metrics in general have been pretty good. Um, they're on quite the heater right now. De- Devontae Adams in particular, he'll be getting some Jalen Ramsey, but Jalen Ramsey has been playing as well. And there's three starters on the Rams defensive line that are out, including Aaron Donald. So uh, the team total is really nice at 25 and a quarter points. Uh, if Josh Jacobs, who's limited all practice, if the turnaround's a little bit harder for him, maybe they pass the ball a couple extra times uh, this game and the Rams are 29th and passing EPA allowed. I just think this is a, a one of those things where you just have to trust the team total. Yeah, three more names here. Uh, Kirk Cousins. This shocked me. Did you know the Detroit Lions rank in the top five in pass defense over the last five weeks, according to DVOA? That's pretty insane. <laughs> Based on what we thought of them, we'll talk more about this with Justin Jefferson because you know he's the main funnel for the passing game. But just something to consider here with uh, Kirk and the Lions because the Lions have not evolved per se, but they've improved as the season gone along on that well, side of the ball for sure. They fired their their DB coach. Um, right. but what's crazy is even with that span of games, like you said, they're still dead last against fantasy quarterbacks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyler Murray's up next. He came off a bye. Help uh, me out with should, this one. Yeah, this is a tough ranking. Well, okay. This is how I view it. Prior to last week, I was a little bit nervous that we wouldn't see Kyler Murray running as much uh, because he was coming off that hamstring injury. He put that to bed. Like, Kyler Murray was going to run no matter what. And it, at the very least, we're getting Greg Dorch in the slot. He's starting to practice this week, and maybe we can get Rondo Moore. So this is the first time we're getting that complement of all three pass catchers. I think New England's defense, other than Josh Uche, is, like, quite slow in Kyle Duggar. We can throw him out there. Um, look, Kyler, the offense, it's not completely gelling, but I think this is a bit low. I think this is a bit low. Yeah, it's it's. I was just shocked to see them only projected for twenty one and a half points at home. So that's like that's like the the part I I'm struggling with. But I think I'm with you. I, I might need to move him up a little bit. The hamstring injury is definitely behind him at this point. So maybe maybe he belongs like in front of Kirk Cousins at least. But we have seen one. Kyler does not like throwing over the middle of the field that often. Two. Bill and Steve will know this if we know this, right? And three, the Cardinals have not been able to generate like deep shots this season. But, you know, Hollywood Brown's been playing outstanding football on the outside this year. DeAndre Hopkins went through that spell of playing great football on the outside this year. I just still don't know exactly what this offense. The offensive line is getting healthier, though. So I don't know who I would throw him up higher here. But I think maybe at the top of the B tier is where I would put. And just like schematically Patriots defense, lots of man coverage. I think the Cardinals, you make a good argument to have one of the best yeah. man beating uh, wide receiver groups out there. And that might allow, um, like you said, they're very slow. Kyler Murray to scramble around a little bit. I'm going to move them up. Okay. Gina Smith will close this one out. Um, facing the Carolina Panthers. They're three and a half point favorites at home. I mean, Gina's thrown multiple touchdown passes, I think in four straight games now. 
it's, he's pretty simple. Like he's, he's, he's legit good. There's like yeah. no questions about it. He's like legit good. Anything you want to say about the rest of these names? Tyler Huntley, Redacted. I mean, Tom Brady's way down the list. So I know a bunch of people have been starting Tom Brady in recent weeks, but he's all the way down the D tier for you. I, I just think that there's a huge tier teardrop after about quarterback 12 like you said yeah. just going back to the initial chart up here like if you don't have one of these guys i don't know how you're going to compete this week right all right there it is we'll go over to the running back position we'll kick it off number one austin eckler two josh jacobs hmm there's no argument there chris mccaffrey is running back three and then derrick henry who's inching and inching up these rankings as we go along, it has not been an easy spell for Derrick Henry, but is the Jacksonville Jaguars defense a deodorant for him? Yeah, I think that's like the best way to put this. Only 13.3 expected half PPR points over this last five weeks. There has been some injury concerns on the offensive line, but like Ben Jones coming back their center helps them out. They are four point uh, home favorites against the Jaguars in their last six games against Jacksonville. This is insane. Derrick Henry's averaged 145 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Obviously, that's just like a fun fact. That's not necessarily predictive, but the Jaguars defense has very much underwhelmed. Like this defensive line for the first two weeks was fun. Since then has been getting their ass kicked. So I think that this is the right medicine for Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm just looking at his pick and projection because, you know, the shattery risk team knows some things. Let's put it that way. Derrick Henry, 91 and a half rushing yards at the higher or lower. When you compare that to the last three weeks, 38 and 30. So, Yes, this should be the deodorant because the Jaguars have been awful at stopping Derrick Henry. Not just this year, previous years. Every year. Every year. All right. That's a good one to go through with. Let's now go over to Joe Mixon, who should be returning to the field. Um, Samaji Piran's been great. Joe Mixon was very good after, you know, positive touchdown regression hit in his direction. This makes sense if he's at full capacity because he was already giving a role to Samaji Piran. I don't know. Maybe he'll lose two or three or four more of those other touches, but I don't think there's going to be like a true 50, 50 split here. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm hoping that he clears concussion protocol early in the week. I know he's practicing full, but I'll have to go uh, make sure that he wasn't like clears it on Saturday. And we have like run into like a Juju Smith Schuster um, situation, but yeah, he's, he's been rock solid. And I just trust the Bengals offense right now. Uh, James Conner, that's probably a pretty aggressive ranking compared to most people too. Well, and I think it's because he has not just the, Red zone touchdowns, the inside the 10-yard line touches. He's highly efficient when catching passes. And then he also has the work between the 20s. Like, this is what we drafted James Conner for, and it's finally hitting here in uh, in week 14. Yeah, since he's become the bell cow, RB4 and RB6 production. I'm starting to think, do we just like the Cardinals higher on their like team total mm. in general? I mean, we talked about Kyler Murray and now James Conner. I feel like, what's what's not to like here? And then Bill's just going to throw it in our face on Monday Night yeah, Football in primetime. Uh, the rest of this tier, it's Ramondre Stevenson, who still has that backfield to himself because Damian Harris is still not practicing. Dalvin Cook is up next. Again, that is a Detroit Lions matchup. I actually kind of love Dalvin Cook this week. He's a love positive regression candidate, too, in, in addition to the matchup. So I, I, you can make an argument Dalvin Cook could be a top five Right yeah, back, I'm Battle Royale, DFS, here. all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Chris, okay. Christian Darisol is, I think he got in a limited practice. Yes, he was limited yesterday. Yeah, he was limited with a concussion. So hopefully he can get in the field. Uh, Saquon Barkley and then Tony Pollard. You have Tony Pollard here. Maybe this is like the discussion where we talk about, you know, shared backfields because you have Tony Pollard at running back 10 and Ezekiel Elliott as running back 13 or 12, excuse me. Yeah, so going back, the team total is at 31, complete outlier this week. Um, Tony Pollard's definitely losing some touches to. 
um, Zeke Elliott, but even over the last month with Zeke Elliott uh, partially back for those. Uh, Tony Pollard, RB11 in usage. Zeke Elliott, RB22. Both of them we should project to be above average because this offense is just so sick right now. Um, so yeah, Tony Pollard got the first couple snaps last week. Uh, Zeke Elliott comes in, closes out with some goal line carries, but even Tony Pollard got inside the box here. So I think if I was going to pick a direction, does Tony Pollard, should he go higher or lower than this? I think I would pick higher, but I think I'm I'm fine with him right, right like on the low end RB1 list. Uh, the other split backfields you have now, the man who has earned our trust in DeAndre Swift at running back 11, because it seems like he's earned the Lions trust. Trust is a big word. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable, comfortable there. I just think the Lions are so damn good. They're the third highest team total on the week. So yeah. you have to just do the math here. And well, I think at that- the very least, they've gotten really away from splitting his workload with Justin Jackson, you know? So I still think if it is a tight ball game, Jamal Williams is going to check in for the short yardage work, even though DeAndre Swift got that last week. That was later on in the game when, you know, they were up by, what, 16 points or 14 points at the time. But DeAndre, okay, we, we keep talking about, we talked about a lot in stats versus film, and then we also isolated a compilation clip if you guys want to check it out. But he's still not forcing missed tackles as a runner. He had five in, like, his first 15 carries and four the rest of the way so far this year for 49. But getting him op- out in the open space, I, I think, is something that is achievable for this team because they've shown it in the past that they can do it, too. Yeah, lots of swing passes for him last week. That's what was really made him pay off. But um, even with that, I still think Jamal Williams is still a top 20 running back this week. Yep, you have him as like running back 16, running back 17, something like that. Some other things that might catch people's attention. You have Nick Chubb all the way down here as running back 13. Um, Tough matchup going against the Cincinnati Bengals, who there's like on-off splits with DJ Reader, and DJ Reader is fantastic. And if we can talk about this too, the Cincinnati defense is awesome because in a lot of situations, they will press you on the outside and then just load the box with a bunch of people and then confuse the offensive line in terms of who's expected to block. And so Nick Chubb, love him, think he could smash, obviously, every single week. But on paper, it's not the easiest matchup. Yeah, their team total has dropped about two to three points since where it opened for the Browns. I think after watching... Deshaun Watson, the betting market got uh, more pessimistic uh, than they otherwise would have. So yeah, the the Bengals defensive line uh, looks really good right now. So that's my big concern. And he's been outside the top 24 usage over the last month. He's just not catching as many passes. They're not as good of an offense right now. So tough ranking. We always know Nick Chubb can rush for 100 yards, two touchdowns, but I think so could the other top 12 backs. Next one, Travis Etienne is a player who's lost his explosive plays so far and gets the Tennessee Titans this week like you need to throw on the titans and hopefully and it sounds like Jeff lawrence is going to play in this game even though he's not practicing right now but maybe travis Etienne can get going in the passing game but as like a pure runner it's been tough sledding against this titans front each week and i think that matchup truly does matter yeah this is like i think the most obvious uh pass funnel in the the league right now they're second in rushing epa allowed on defensive titans are and teams facing them are passing the ball at the highest rate in neutral situations for good reasons, just how there's uh, skill talent on the defensive side matches up. So good news for Christian Kirk and your boy, Zay Jones. Uh, Ken Walker is ranked here next. I don't think Kenneth Walker is going to play. Doesn't sound like like a jam foot, but at the same time, we don't have who the clear backup running back is going to be. You all need to check in obviously on Sunday morning for the start sit show, because there's been some whispers of Tony Jones. There's been some whispers of DJ Dallas, even though he's been hobbled. And then they are going to activate, you know, Travis Homer this week too. 
So DJ Dallas hasn't practiced. Same thing with Kenneth Walker. Travis Homer, who didn't play last week, he got in a limited practice. So right now, if I had to guess who it's going to be, I would guess it's going to be Travis Homer. But DJ Dallas wasn't getting mixed in even when Ken Walker was healthy early on last week. So I think they want DJ Dallas to be out there and Kenneth Walker, but I think it might end up being Travis Homer. Follow Underdog NFL News and come back to us on Sunday. We'll have a better idea. All right, next up, Miles Sanders. We talked about Jamal Williams. Isaiah Pacheco checks in here as running back 18. And then you close out with running back 19 and running back 20 with the two Dolphins running backs who, you know, last week got shut down. Um, Offensive tackle, offensive line issues were obviously a big deal against the San Francisco 49ers front. Now, I think in this environment this week, it is more likely to attack the Los Angeles Chargers in the running game. And I think the offensive line issues are going to be less important here. The Chargers have three defensive tackles on injured reserve. Sebastian Joseph Day, he left last week with an injury. We did not practice. Uh, Joey Bosa still not returning. This off- or defensive line for the Chargers is a complete mess. So the question becomes, who's the starter here? Who do we trust between Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson last week? Raheem Mostert started, handled seven of the 10 running back touches, outsnapped Jeff Wilson 28 to 17. So just based off of that, I'm tempted to go Raheem Mostert over Jeff Wilson. But we've seen this thing kind of swing back and forth. And I think that this will be a hot hand approach by like Raheem Mostert's chances against this Chargers defense that is notorious uh, uh, for allowing big plays on the ground for Raheem to like break one off. I don't feel good about this. I do. I feel good about it. Which one though? That's the problem. You'd like Jeff Wilson over him. I do like Jeff Wilson. Deontay Foreman is up next. And you put this, I think perfectly in stats versus film where (laughs) if the Panthers are going to play in a tight game or win, then he is a top 12 scoring running back. If they are going to lose by a lot, which they're not expected to lose by a lot here, but they could against the Seattle Seahawks team that's favored by three and a half points. He's irrelevant. Yeah, to put the numbers behind that, 16 and a half expected half PPR points in wins or one score losses. That's four games. And then the two games where they lost by a bunch of points since Foreman's been the starter, he's averaged 6.8. So that's about a 10 point expected half PPR point swing. Um, I was a little bit surprised. Not like the 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 point spread, bro, but mm-hmm. I was a little bit surprised to see on the road the Panthers only down by a field right. goal. Um, we'll see though. Um, real quick, just go back to Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. Um Jarek McKinnon had more opportunities last week, but that was, remember, that was in a game where they were losing or it was close game the entire time. I think those game environments, Jarek McKinnon's going to play more when they're expected to win by a bunch of points. I think it'll swing back to Isaiah Pacheco here. So nine and a half point spread this week rather than a tight spread and close game in Cincinnati last week. I favor Isaiah Pacheco, but keep Jarek McKinnon on your bench. I think that there is a, a, a world out there where he becomes a bell cow back like he did last last year couple notable ones at running back 22. It's Najee Harris. This game just has a total of 36 and a half. And actually over the last five weeks, I believe according to DVOA, the Ravens have the best run defense in the league. With that trade, that makes sense. sense. Pop quiz for you, Josh. How many inside the five yard carries does Najee Harris have? You've read. I mean, I'm glued to this chair. I'm glued to this chair. Uh, Damian Pierce is up next as running back 23. I hate this. I talked about it in stats versus film where like if there was an average team, Damian Pierce would at the very least rank inside probably the top 12 to top 15. We'd view him much higher. But now this team is now during the show, 18 point underdogs 
against the Dallas Cowboys. You can't play and they will not play Damian Pierce for a full game in that environment. Yeah, I I wrote that uh, getting Davis Mills back in the lineup is an upgrade and that's not a compliment right. to the situation that they have going on. It's really bad, but um, like you're hoping for a carries. first quarter touchdown, basically. I know, but like the other players behind him, it's very iffy situations as well. By the way, you asked where would we be ranking Damian Pierce? I have, I'm a sicko. It's week 14. I have 2023 rankings behind the scenes. Yeah, where'd you put him? Damien, uh, I have him at 48th overall for, okay. for now. Those rankings will come out eventually. Interesting. Quarterback changes and things might change that too. Uh, Rashad White, Leonard Fournette are next up. Then you have Zonovan Knight, five spots ahead of Michael Carter. Again, we talked about this on SVF. I'm in for this. Like Michael Carter is coming back. Michael Carter had a decent game last time against the Buffalo Bills. Now, granted that Buffalo Bills team in that game, I think we're missing Matt Milano, a few other pieces. They're gotten a bit healthier since then. But I think, again, the straight line burst that Zonovan Knight brings, and Robert Sala even came out and said that his opportunity is not going away here. Yeah, quote, he's not going anywhere when asked about Zonovan Knight. So that was a great call by you. So I'm ranking Zonovan Knight healthier and the coaching quotes. And I think that Zonovan Knight has played pretty well. And I've been very disappointed in Michael Carter, sadly. Next two, Devin Singletary, James Cook. So I think James Cook is getting more comfortable playing football, which makes sense when you turn into a professional. Um, he also has a better ability to create explosive plays for this team, not just in the running game, but in the passing game. And I think they're going to lean into that more and more with Josh Allen struggling. I think that's just like the give and take nature of roster building and, you know, game plan construction here. I'm with you. And it's like post by rookie bump narrative to, to the max here. The problem is when I looked at this is Devin Singletary still opened the game yep. and James Cook came in. And then later in the game, Devin Singletary is the one to ice the game for the most part and get the goal line carry. So I'm with you that they should be using James Cook more. Um, but like, if you're just telling me who has higher odds of scoring a touchdown, I think I would go Devin Singletary. And in this offense is they don't use their running backs all that much that more this year than in previous years. I think I got to go Devin Singletary one spot ahead, but I can hear you if you're really bullish and you like James cook, he's been very hit and miss, but as a prospect and as a rookie this year, if you want to roll the dice on upside, I don't blame you. Yeah, they do have that mini buy that they are coming off of here. Uh, just to look at the Pick'em Lobby. Again, if you've never played Pick'em, use promo code the show. The link is in the description down below. If you get five, that's 20 extra money. Just put in 10, you get 200. We've hit a couple of those here in the last year. Well, at least I have. I can't speak for Hayden. 45 and a half rushing yards higher and lower there. Notice they don't have James Cook listed, probably because uh, Devin Singletary is a starter. That's my thing. <laughs> um, Okay, to keep this moving, any other names that you want to discuss here? I mean, it falls off a cliff. I mean, you have Latavius Murray, who, you know, had 10 first quarter carries last week, but no one gave a shit. And now it's against no. the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, we talked about Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake are back to back. And then you have the Rams, too, with K Makers and Kyron Williams back to back. And it kind of is game script dependent for them because when they were, you know, competitive last week, that's why K Makers was able to have so much opportunity. Now, as six and a half point underdogs here, even at home on Thursday night football, that might be more of a Kyron Williams avenue. But at the same time, Baker Mayfield has gotten in one practice with this team, might be the starting quarterback tonight, too. Yeah, the reason why on these running back charts I have time and then the in-game winning percentage is because game script matters so much for these running backs. And I think Cam Akers with a lead, it's him. And at the goal line, it's him. Kyron Williams, when they're playing behind and they're six-point dogs tonight, that's when Kyron Williams gets in there. So use that for pick them. And that's the reason why we talk about game script so much here. Uh, Deonta Foreman is like the best example. You can check out the rest of the rankings. And I do want to call your attention 
to, uh, ooh, it's, it's not popping up for me. Is it working for you? Nope. We're stuck. There, there we, we go. go. Uh, DJ Dallas's headshot. <laughs> he's, uh, he's terrified of week 14 like we are, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> All right. There goes the running backs. Here we go over to uh, wide receivers. Next week, by the way, Hayden made the uh, executive decision that we're going to split these up into individual positions just as, you know, the first round of playoffs hit. So be on the lookout for those next Thursday as well. Tyreek Hill opens us up. Makes sense. After last week, he ranked him as like the wide receiver four. Tua had a bad, bad, bad game. And uh, he even had a long touchdown. So now you get the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Never fade him. Nope. This top six, this top seven, I feel excellent about. Okay, then we'll just quickly run through it. Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Stefan Diggs, and CeeDee Lamb. If you feel excellent about that, I do want to bring your attention then to Justin Jefferson because in an early episode of Stats versus Film that we talked about, we wanted to highlight you know, how Jeffrey Okuda, the Detroit Lions, at least on the box score, you know, dominated Justin Jefferson to the tune of like three catches for 18 yards, and that's it. Bracket so, coverage. It was a lot of these double like punch press coverage that you rarely see from Jeff Okuda, who's back into this lineup. There's also a lot of illegal contact that Vikings fans want to remind you of that the league office contacted the Vikings about afterwards. So this was easily the worst that we've seen of Jeff Justin Jefferson this year. His average depth of target was 4.4 yards. We've seen it since that he's been attacking more vertically because TJ Hawkinson unlocks him a bit more. Basically, what I'm saying is. Has Justin Jefferson had this game circled all season long because it's his worst of the season, and this is why you have him as wide receiver three? So I think that this game matters um, because we've seen a willingness to sell out. The problem is I think the Vikings still hung up like 35 points or something ridiculous in this. So the strategy worked against Justin Jefferson for fantasy purposes, but not for the, the defense in general. And more importantly, I have a lot of faith in O'Connell. To me, he's like, we haven't talked about him as like, one of the, I think one of the better coaches in the league. I've been pretty impressed with how this entire operation has been. So I think that they'll be able to uh, scheme away. They've been probably thinking about this game um, for a long time. So uh, when in doubt, bet on Justin Jefferson. I think it's going to end up working out. I think he has like what over like it's like 600 more yards than any player um, before turning 24 in NFL history, like over Randy Moss by like a ton. It's insane. Yeah. I think no matter what, it's going to be better than what they put out there. But I love I love these types of repeat performances where it was so drastic on one end of the spectrum early in yep. the season, and we get to see what changes either the offense or the defense makes mm -hmm. to alter things in their second time facing each other. Yeah, I think this is like one of the most fascinating storylines to watch. I don't think it's going to impact my projections all yep. that much just because I love Justin Jefferson. By the way, 2023 rankings, first overall, Justin Jefferson. Before you release them, you might give them away on the show. Before I got to give the people what they like. It's sub to the channel. I'll drop a couple more. <laughs> yeah, if you leave a comment down below, Hayden might have like your DMs. Yeah, and just share them. Ask, to you. ask me about my rankings. I will answer all of them. <laughs> I promise you. Uh, Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen rounds up the top ten. I'm a little nervous in isolation of Keenan Allen and the player he is in 2022 right now. Just to be honest with you. And I think there's a chance that they cut him. He's a cut candidate next year. Yeah. My rankings are just for that. Uh, this is assumed. This assumes Mike Williams is not out. I think that's a bad assumption. He was limited, uh, and they're desperate right now. The Chargers are. So I, I, if Mike Williams returns, Keenan Allen will not be a top ten fantasy receiver. Yeah. Just to answer this, uh, Andy the Fork, Jeff Recruiter is dealing with an illness, I believe. So that's why Same. he hasn't been practicing. But hopefully that goes through. A lot of illnesses right now throughout the league. 
and in America, Garrett, myself. Garrett <laughs> Wilson, wide receiver, 11. Um, I mean, he and Mike White are such on the same page. Again, I want to bring up that this Buffalo's Bills defense is going to be, I think, healthier this time than it was last time. Minus Von Miller, though. I mean, that injury is massive for the landscape of just Super Bowl because we've seen against the Chiefs, he ended that game. The Rams, he was a menace. Um, there was a reason why they went out and got him this summer because they thought he could be the difference maker. Anyways, that's a conversation for another time. I think Tredavious White might play in this game too. So He's been playing. Yep. Pretty big, but Garrett Wilson's awesome. Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, T. Higgins, and then Jalen Waddle sits here as, I think, wide receiver 16. Um, Jalen Waddle just like didn't get going last week because he was hopping all week, and I hopefully he winds up healthy in this game because, again, we know what he's capable of. And then Amari Cooper at wide receiver yeah. 17. Jalen Wall is like the impossible rank because his usage is not good. Like this year, like it, it's not, it hasn't been like, they don't get red zone targets because they're scoring 80 yard touchdowns. So my model is kind of struggling with them. Uh, but yeah, now throwing the injury uh, makes it a little more complicated. Um, going back to Christian Kirk right now, over the last four weeks, the Jaguars, number one, number one in wide receiver fantasy usage. That's why I'm buying the dip on Zay Jones. You don't buy it at the height. You buy it after he's, he's dropped about four or five. Whoa, passes, whoa, 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 and then whoa, you get whoa. Back in. Okay. You're talking to the guy who bought it when it was at one cent, sir. I and I well, was, it's I was not like you. I bought it last week. No, no, no. I no, bought no, it no. when it was pre-market. No, I agree. You 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 bought that at his lowest, but I sold him at his highest, and I'm right back in. <laughs> um, maybe should we bring attention to why Chris Godwin is like wide receiver 13 and Mike Evans is wide receiver 29? Well, right now, Chris Godwin is the wide receiver seven in usage over the last month of the season. Over that same period of time, Mike Evans is the wide receiver 46. And I think going back to our last discussion, the deep targets have not been there because maybe something about Tom Brady, the offensive line, maybe something about Mike Williams. But right now, um, Chris Godwin is the focal point. This is a very tough matchup, and I think that there's not going to be that much uh, time to throw. And I think that's just going to be a bunch of quick passes to Chris Godwin. Um, okay. The longer the show goes on, the more I'm talking myself into Kyler Murray having a day against Bill Belichick who struggles against mobile quarterbacks. So like the Deandre Hopkins at wide receiver 17, the Marquise Browns at wide receiver 22. And then, you know, we have the Rondell Moore, Greg Dorch dynamic that we'll know by Sunday morning. I'm intrigued. Battle Royale. That's perfect. Perfect. Perfect to, place for it. Yep. Tyler Lockett, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and then Devonte Smith round out the top 20. This team, I mean, obviously, we've, we've talked about quite a bit. The Eagles can dominate you on the ground for some games. They can dominate on the in the air like they did last week. Or they can do it in halves and quarters and all that type of stuff. But without Dallas Goddard, it is absolutely feasible for both A.J. Brown and DeAndre Swift to get, or excuse me, Devontae Smith to get there every single week, too. Yeah, Spinney's usage is up. He's up to the wide receiver 27, which doesn't sound like all that great, but we know he's going to be very efficient on those. And it, previously he was like in like the forties. So this has been an upgrade for him. Anyone else you want to talk about? I mean, I know some people are going to be terrified to know if they need to start DJ Moore as wide receiver 22 with it's Sam Darnold at quarterback. We also get, you know, the Debo Samuel dynamics and Brandon Ayuk with Brock Purdy and so on and so forth. Yeah. So DJ Moore, his usage has been slightly higher since those trades with McCaffrey and uh, Robbie. And I'm just going to be betting on Sam Darnold by default being the best quarterback he's played with this year. Hmm. Okay, you can check out the rest of the rankings. And by the way, I'm, I got to be honest, I'm nervous about Gabriel Davis in this game. The, the thing is, like, I've seen a bunch of, well, it's going to be a great matchup between Stefan Diggs and Sauce Gardner. The Jets 
basically play sides of coverage. So Sauce stays on one side, DJ Reed stays on the other. Um, we also saw in the last game, I believe for the Bills, they put Stefan Diggs in the slot, like on 20 snaps, and then outside on 24 of those snaps. Uh, Gabriel Davis, I still don't, I think his ankle thing is popping up a little bit more. And against good defenses, he just has not performed well this season. I hear you. Um, I was struggling to find other matchups that I liked behind him. Um, and Gabe Davis still over the last month, it's not been a fun month. He's still the wide receiver 26 on wide, wide receiver 25 usage. So um, you, you would hate, I mean, you would hate to have the two touchdown game I know. on your bench. So uh, he's a boom bust wide receiver three. That's right. All right. Uh, you want to go to tight ends quickly and then we'll go to the sickos chart. Yeah, so there's a massive drop-off with tight ends. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, Pat Fryermuth, and then kind of George Kittle, but George Kittle with a lower team total. He's only had 5.7 expected happy PR points in the C- since the CMC trade, and now we have the quarterback downgrade. I don't feel as great about George Kittle, but after that, like Foster Moreau tonight, I would fire him up over Njoku. the rest of them. David Njoku limited on Wednesday. I'm yeah. slightly no, bullish. He, he, he sounds like he's playing. He has a press conference being like, I can't wait to play with Redacted. All right. Um, and then like Gerald Everett hasn't been good. Dawson Knox hasn't been great. Dolchich, I'm trying, but like, I cannot stomach the Broncos. So it's really tough sledding. If you have Foster Moreau tonight, play him. Yeah. I might even throw Dolchich there as like tied in nine. Just uh, it hasn't been a ton of opportunities, but in the opportunities that he has been given, it's been it's been really solid. OK, let's get out of here with the Sickos chart in the next two minutes. Yeah, this is pretty simple. There's a couple of really strong ones this week. Cowboys, Eagles, Chiefs, and then you get the Steelers, Bills, Ford Niners, I think are always in play. And a couple. Yeah, don't feel great about it, but uh, Baker Mayfield might be playing with six plays. Look, what we got last week was Chandler Jones uh, finally getting finally. some hustle sacks, and now you get the loss in this Rams backups to backups along their offensive lines. So now you potentially have two pass rushers that can get home. I get it. We'll see. The Rams stink, man. I think they have six offensive linemen on injured reserve. Yeah, if you hung on to the Chiefs last week against the Cincinnati Bengals and you get them this week against the Denver Broncos, well done. Well done. Uh, it's a time now to like look ahead in the future weeks for defenses too, for sack rates and turnovers and all that good stuff. All right, we're going to get out of here. You true sickos. We appreciate you all in the chat. Big tips. Adam, Rob, Diego, Rel, Brandon, all of you beautiful people we'll be back here tomorrow with a guest with our 15 guys for week 14 up the villa. We'll talk to y'all soon. See you.